Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I may have mentioned this before or not. I can't really remember at this point. The pandemic has kind of you know, made time a very strange thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, during the pandemic, my um, stepdad got cancer while mm. he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and he had several different kinds, esophageal cancer, uh, neck cancer, cancer, um, something to do with the intestinal areas. I just don't remember. Mm. Um and it was really tough. Um, they they kind of botched a a surgery for a feeding tube that they put in them that um, caused a lot of issues, and it was honestly a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I, I won't get into it too much. It was pretty gross, but um, so you know he just did chemo and radiation and all that for a year or so now. And um, we finally had a party where like, oh, he's recovering and stuff. Um, but I think they are at the point where there's like not much they c- else they can do. Um, but he, I think he's doing okay. Um, but recently I found out my biological father has cancer in a stage that has metastasized. Um, so it's pretty far into it I don't know what kind and and whatnot um but um you know it he wants to try to change with lifestyle um changes but um he's not gonna get like treated with chemo and therapy so Mm. um I'm going to go be spending time with him at the end of this month during during the break and stuff. Um, and it, it's really hard for me to see people I care about uh, struggling like this. And, you know, at the age that they are, you know, there's always a chance that they might not make it through or, you know, might not recover and everything. And... Um, I, you know, I'm bringing this up because I, I know this is something that, that Buddhism, like, it talks about. It's one of the three uh, sufferings, I yeah. guess. I don't know what you'd call them. <laughs> um, actually, really two of them when you think about it because sure. it's like sickness. It's all um, three. Dying. Old age, yeah. So, mm-hmm. gosh. And, and um, when I was younger, I don't know the this kind of stuff. I mean, it wasn't... <laughs> Well, granted, it wasn't my like uh, my father's that 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 it was happening to. It was more like right. their father's, right. you know, yeah. at the time. So didn't really affect me as much because to me it just seemed so far away. But right now, I just don't even feel like they're old enough to be going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was sick, I I never thought that I wouldn't make it, you know, given I. I had my most major problems when I was 22. That didn't cross my mind mm-hmm. that like I wouldn't be able to re- live the rest of my life. 
So it's not, it's like, it's weird. Like I don't have the thoughts. I haven't been thinking on it on a level like, well, this is, this is the part that makes me upset or this is, you know, what is affecting me. But I can tell you that it does affect me deeply. And I, and I can't, I don't have the words to tell you how or, or, or why. When you bring up Zen or Buddhism, may, or maybe even just religion itself in the face of these kinds of feelings and situations, um, why does that come up? Like, it's, it seems like a thing that religion is supposed to be for. It's right. the only thing that you have left. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, if you, if there's no way for you to recover, then the only thing you can do is be in touch with your spirituality. Mm. And, you know, it, it, I, I feel like I've always thought of myself as someone that could be able to help people in that time mm -hmm. with their spirituality mm -hmm. i thought i'd be good at that but also there's definitely an emotional toll that happens mm -hmm. at the same time like i it, and again like you know my dad he's he's not like a zen buddhist as you'd probably guess um, but he's not like so close-minded that he you know he doesn't he doesn't see necessarily like spirituality is different like this is my spirituality and this is yours but we both have spirituality and that's the important thing mm -hmm. you know so i see i see that i i could be a help as as someone who you know is a very spiritual person a very religious person i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> um but Yeah, there's also just the, like, how do you keep it from, like, it actually, like, um, like paralyzing you? Mm. So for you in this situation, I'm, I'm very interested also in the, that idea of, like, going through one, like, confronting one's own mortality. But for you in the situation with your father and your father figure like two father figures um the there's like two roles that it sounds like religion or spiritual practice is playing for you one is one is as a resource for you to support them and one is as a as a resource for you to sustain yourself while both supporting them and also just facing it yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, it's kind of paralyzed me in a way that makes me not want to do any spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, like, what is happening in real time to your practice or your identity or your sort of It's like I, I, know, I know in my head that's what I need to do. <laughs> Um, but I mm. can't bring myself to do it. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do instead? 
distract myself, uh-huh. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Hang out with friends. Um, play video games. Uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something distracting. It's 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 hard when they're. I mean, even working is fine. Uh, but it's hard when there's then there's not a distraction. Mm. I, my my inclination is to sort of dispense with the with the usual Buddhisms about like distractions being harmful or unskillful or whatever, and actually just look at that impulse that you're having and the desire that you're having for that and orient to it as though there's got to be something positive in it for you and try and figure out what it is. Like what, like what, like, like if you could, if you could articulate why you want that in the most generous and beneficial and supportive possible way, how would you do it? You know, like how are you taking care of yourself by well, I, to do those things? I, I never stopped doing the, I don't want to say important things. I'm, mm-hmm. Obviously, spirituality is important. But I, I, you know, even no matter how hard it gets, I always exercise. I always eat healthy. I always, um, uh, you know, do things so that I can get a good sleep schedule. And I always try to keep a social um, network going. But um. So I mean, I it's not like I've I've fallen deep into some sort of depression where I can't like uh, function or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, I don't know. I don't know how to to cope when you don't have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, given all your other ways of like staying in the world while going through something you mean like that time is not but as, yeah i'm still working yeah right yeah um you're I not still... gonna give up all of your life in order to feel things yeah mm-hmm. it takes time mm-hmm. it, i mean it, like because before when i wasn't working i would honestly just devote time to that kind of thing i would just mm. be like okay well you know um doing artwork or or meditating or uh, that was part of my schedule right because i knew it was important and i had the time to do it Mm -hmm. but now there's so many more things that i that i have to do that take time as well Mm -hmm. and i don't you know i think that if someone's like in the middle of, of of practicing um have a good practice then you can sort of integrate your sitting practice into the things like cooking and cleaning and um and working sometimes depending on what you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and that is just harder i think like to integrate like when you're not in a good spot well, it's like the thing that comes to mind is is that the idea that I mean, there, there's like a I feel like we've talked about it. There's like a classic 
situation for a Buddhist lay practitioner of getting into a habit of like either not practice only practicing when you've got plenty of free time and everything's happy and chill and and giving Mm -hmm. up on it as soon as it gets hard or not practicing. Like these are two different personalities, right? Like the other one is not practicing when everything is fine. And then suddenly when everything gets hard, practice suddenly becomes important, you know, as like a coping mechanism. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I, I don't feel like I, I don't know if I fit into those categories because it seems like I do uh, gravitate towards more meditation when I'm going through something physically, like a physical illness, Uh but emotional illnesses, it just makes it harder Mm, mm, for mm, me. mm, mm. I really, really deeply feel the difference between those two things and find the way of distinguishing that you're making to be totally understandable it's i i feel like it's actually kind of contrarian to say what you're saying to say that like emotional pain is not like equivalent to physical pain you know well it's not equivalent to me anyway i'm actually very good at dealing with physical pain yeah right you have lots of training in that yeah, <laughs> it can be very stressful if you don't know what's going on with your body. Like that's, I think that's super, super stressful. But it doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't feel the same anyway. It's not that it's it's a different feeling. Well, and doesn't that add a layer of emotional pain to it too? Not knowing what's sure. happening, and, yeah. I, and that might be the sort of thing that pushes people over sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of like um, mental illnesses connected to. Um, you know, physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not like our body's interconnected. It does. It's not like a either or thing, right? But it's not like you can do the same. You can take the same medicine for your liver as for your eyeball. You know, yeah. like like it's it just because they're interconnected doesn't mean that they work the same or that they have the same right. illnesses or remedies. Well, because I I generally think like with the the mental stuff that goes on with your physical stuff once you like have control over the physical stuff not control mm-hmm. once you accept them and have mm-hmm. a good like system for it that usually tends to not be as big of a problem mm-hmm. um so you kind of know what the medicine is you're like well, well we'll get there eventually uh but it's stressful when you're not there uh-huh so like stress Stress as a word that you've just brought in kind of creates a category of like more unambiguously unhelpful feelings, right? Like it can emotion, emotional pain, like we were just discussing sort of is a category of thing that makes me feel like there's important stuff there and that like, uh, it can't be treated as like just a bad and undesirable thing. Cause you're, you're like pushing away some like real signal of experience, but stress feels like a more like a, like an entirely optional kind of negative feeling to me, you know? And- <laughs> well, I'll tell you something cool about stress. Mm-hmm. is just that it, it is highly motivating. Uh-huh. Sure. I don't think depression is very motivating. No, 
I don't. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, if I'm stressed, I'm like, I just need to get things done right now. Yeah, I just need to get out of I'm here. I'm like, I don't want to do the thing at all. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, it's got, it's like, it evolved for a reason, right? But, yeah. But the, the thing, the thing that it's making me think of is, like, your emotional state of going into what's happening in your life right now that you're talking about distracting yourself from, it may very well be the case that there's like important feelings to feel in there. But if that, if going into it is causing you a a stress load that makes it too difficult to deal with either the other stuff you have to do despite what's going on or Mm -hmm. what's going on itself. If like, it causes you to feel stressed out to face that not just the feelings about it, but like what's actually happening. Yeah. Then that's, that's counterproductive. And like, if you can reduce the stress load to like, this is just my feeling and reaction. Like I'm not making any kind of like psychology statement here, (laughs) but like, it's fine. (laughs) Like if you can, if you can manage the stress load of what you're going through, by not going into the feelings of arising from what's happening when it's not what's physically present with you, that seems like mm-hmm. a skillful response. Possibly. I mean, I know that, it, you know, when I was going to therapy a lot, you can't always deal with the thing you need to deal with, like mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, that it's that it's happening. It's not a, a convenience thing necessarily. It's just like that, you know, maybe you have kids that depend on you and you can't just like go on an emotional journey like uh, of the mind and, you know, in that moment or something. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty relatable what you just said. <laughs> I mean, you have to be, I mean, I guess you still have to have the the intention that you are going to deal with it. Yeah. But there's there's like a to to feel to carry around the emotional load of it all the time, even when, as I was just saying, it's not physically the present situation. Like if you're just mm-hmm. at home, like that kind of feels like rumination. That feels like something that yeah. you know, as much as quote unquote Buddhism, like we're about to demonstrate sort of how just contingent a concept like capital b buddhism is like you can hear the buddhism voice say distractions are bad is something that the buddhism Mm -hmm. voice says but the buddhism voice also says face what's present for you right now and don't dwell on the past or future and like if those feelings are either arising from thoughts about the past and future or are just feelings that are there because something intense is happening to you and those feelings are causing you to dwell on the past and future. It doesn't matter which direction that's going. Like there's still n- not it's anything you can do to address the real situation from there. So there's an argument to be made which of course I think is a retroactive thing on top of just sort of listening to yourself when your soul is telling you that you want to be distracted from these feelings right now. 
Like the argument is there to support it by saying, address this aging and sickness and the fear of death and the prospects of losing someone that deeply matters to you when it's what's happening. And when what's happening is you're hanging out at home, resting, rest. And don't let that future thing that you're going to have to do that's going to be very hard, like start early by taking your rest away from you and then therefore making it more difficult and more draining to face when it's time. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I, I totally see what you're saying, but is that the past or the future? I mean, mm. how is it not the present? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think you're right in some way. It's like right now, like I'm safe. I'm in my home. There's nothing really like threatening going on. So yeah, technically you're right in this moment everything is fine but is dying the, mm. the the present is illness the present is you know right. um i don't know and also like this is really happening right now like it's not not happening now just because you're home right yeah yeah, yeah. but i think i think there is something to be said i mean it's not like we can sit here and ruminate on all the like dying and death that's going on in the world all right. the time just yeah. because it is happening right yes. now yes 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 yeah there's i mean the part of me the, there's something i think i already said this but the, there's there's something coming up in me that wants to use the tool of what can you do about it right now as the mm -hmm. as the sort of distinction because if the most you can do about it right now is like take care of your own needs while there's no like urgent medical crisis happening, then that seems like like doing more, like going into it more rather than avoiding it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If like thinking about it and, you know, agonizing over it and like writing like pained journal entries about how difficult your feelings are now would increase the burden yeah actually i i think you're right about that so i'll i'll, I'll share something mm -hmm. about like how i've been feeling i mean i think generally speaking when there's something that you can't control well i'll speak for myself mm -hmm. here <laughs> sometimes when it feels like i can't control something i just want to blame it on something i can control <laughs> mm. so i get a little more impulsive when i'm you know not in the most stable emotional state mm -hmm. i mean i i think that i'm at the point where i can i can temper it and i'm not like you know i'm not like um a teenager anymore mm -hmm. but <laughs> or a 20 year old but um i i and nothing wrong with 20 year olds. It's just, I was, I was a very emotional 20 year old, uh -huh. um, is all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I, I like, well, I used to change my hair color a lot. Hmm. Used to, as in like a year ago, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I think when we started this podcast, my yeah, you've had different red. colors of hair since we met. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was trying to get back to my natural hair color because I felt like if it was my natural hair color, I would stop coloring it. And that mm. was actually uh, correct mm. for as of now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but before then, I, w- I would color my hair um, quite often. And, um, you know, it would just be kind of one of those things it was kind of impulsive in a way, you know? Um, and recently, since I don't color my hair anymore, I just cut my bangs instead. Hmm. And, uh, I kind of didn't, I was like, why did I do that? Like, I don't even know if I really wanted to cut my bangs. I just did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another like skin picking is one of my, one of my things, uh, which is a habit that I would like to say that I broke, but I also know that it's something that I will resort to if I get stressed out enough. Hmm. Um, <laughs> But instead, I just did it to uh, Ian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad, but like, I did a good job, too. I didn't like hurt him. So. <laughs> People with those kind of practices I, tend to be experts at them. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get him any infections. I didn't hurt him, you know, so <laughs> we're all good there. But the problem is... I feel guilty after I do something impulsive. Mm. So, so anyways, that's, there's, there's, there's that. And, um, you know, so that, that's kind of like, a um, leaning into those feelings more. I mean, you, you could have the problem of overthinking it and thinking it's something else. And then you just do something impulsive to change it. Hmm. Are you saying that like your instinct to rest from the intense feelings, which is how I'm charitably interpreting, like generously, supportively interpreting what you called distracting yourself? No, I'm thinking this is leaning into it more. Mm. This is like me, like I'm going to go write in my journal about how I feel. And then the next day I'll just cut my bangs and then... uh, revel around <laughs> are you oh, you're saying you don't want to feel impulsive anymore i mean feel guilty for be, doing impulsive things anymore i like, don't want to do the impulsive thing no oh. like that's where i'm at i'm like it doesn't i'm like that's a way of dealing with emotion sure i don't like it and i don't uh-huh. want to do that because uh-huh. it may well yeah because it makes me feel guilty for one mm-hmm. but for two, I just, I just don't think it's. I don't mm. know. Maybe it's not that bad. I, I can't, I can't really. It just doesn't. It probably depends just, what it is and what the emotion is. Sure. But, but, but the, I'm still trying to figure out like what's the, how, what is the, the? You're saying you're feeling all these intense feelings about what's going yeah. on with your dad and your stepdad, and you're looking out for like an impulsive channel of those feelings into something and you don't want to follow that impulse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just like, I'll be like, I don't know. It's just because you want to control something. You want to be uh-huh. like, I can fix this. Uh-huh. I mean, with totally unrelated things, but right. you could, you can Doing convince anything. yourself. Those are, those are the things that uh-huh. will make you feel better. Uh-huh. You can convince yourself. Yeah. So is is the thing you're calling distracting yourself a way of lessening the impulses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, okay, let's not do that. We every time I'm alone, I'm gonna be impulsive. Let's uh -huh. let's go uh, go hiking with some people or something like that. I feel like there there is a there is a really like valuable day to day takeaway here as Buddhist practitioners that I want to say first, which is just like the the there is there is a there is a wisdom in every perspective right and like what you've what i think you've shown in this conversation is something something that looks like on a boring surface level like a an unbuddhist or unzen or unspiritual way to be can actually have profound supportive wisdom underneath it and that yours yours does and like that that you you should that i honor you taking care of yourself that way um so i want to say that but i also want to like hold the immense difficulty of what you're going through and say that from my point of view you know there's no, there's no place for, for judgment of however you're going to respond to this situation. Like that's, that's what, that's what Sangha means is like, be willing to completely give up all principles and rules and strictures and structures, uh, in the face of what someone in your community is actually going through. And like, I would never dare to try and give you some platitude to hold like as some sort of salvation for what's happening. Well, thank you, John. That, that means a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I will get back to it at, at, at some point, but, uh, we'll, uh, continue to pause until I have the, the willpower to, to face what's, what's going on. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gashou.